You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Our Monday show is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. The Green Bay Packers fell to the Indianapolis Colts on the road in overtime 34 to 31. And this was Green Bay's chance. It was their opportunity to say, look, we can overcome the adversity, that we can take a punch, that we can not only take a punch, but we can punch back. And for a half of football, they did that. Green Bay had a 28 to 14 halftime lead in this football game despite sloppy turnovers. They had a center quarterback exchange fumbled on the very first drive. But what did their defense do? They come back, they create a fumble of their own. Green Bay scores off the turnover. The Packers later in the game, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. The Colts are forced to settle for a 50-yard field goal by the Packers' defense, which played really good ball, I thought, in the first half. Rodrigo Blankenship doinks it off the front crossbar. Green Bay goes down and scores. The Colts come back, and they trim the lead. It's 21-7. The Colts trim the lead with under two minutes to go in the first half. It's now 21-14. The Colts get the ball coming out of halftime. The Packers have to put together a drive, and they march down the field. And they make it 28-14 to at halftime. And through two quarters, the Packers looked like they were going to put to bed all of the questions that dogged this team. That they were going to say, look, a physical team, a really good defense, it doesn't matter. We can beat these teams. We can go on the road and beat a playoff team and say, look at us. This is our signature win. Not only are we going to win, but we are going to win by double digits because this great defense, this number one yardage defense, this top five DVOA defense, the one that is top five in run and pass DVOA, that has this terrific coach and this well-schooled group of personnel led by DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, and the rookie Julian Blackman, by the way, who makes the play at the end of the game in overtime to seal it for the Colts. The Packers were ready they were poised. They were on the precipice of that moment. And in the second half, they open 
the game in the third quarter. They let the Colts come down the field, but they force a field goal, 28-17. Green Bay, they couldn't be stopped in the first half. Instead, Green Bay goes three and out. The Colts come down. They get a touchdown and the two-point. Now, it's a three-point game. Well, Green Bay is going to answer, right? That's the deal. This offense has been dealing. The three and out was a blip. No, they go three and out again. And this team, you could feel the energy just getting sucked out of the building. And the wear and tear on the Packers defense started to show up. They started to play a little bit slower. They started to play with a little less ferocity because they were flying around in the first half. And and overall, they stopped this run game for the Colts, averaged under four yards a carry for the day, and they they didn't let that part of the game beat them. Uh, Phillip Rivers, even for the, the 34 points that they put on the board, he didn't go over 300 yards. He was pinpoint accurate. But the Packers made them drive, made them go down and, and play with long fields, didn't give up a lot of big plays. But the Colts come down, they they put together another drive, they tie the football game. Okay, now it's 28-28. Green Bay really has a chance to do the thing. On the kickoff, Darius Shepard fumbles. And the defense holds, by the way. The defense holds. That's one of the reasons why it seemed like the Colts played better than they did in a lot of ways because they were playing on a bunch of short fields. J.K. Scott played poorly in this game. Some some punts where he's supposed to flip the field. You know, he's he's putting a 35-yarder out there. Green Bay has two fumbles in, in, uh, in regulation plus the interception. So the Colts, they get the easy field goal. It's 31-28. All right, Green Bay needs a drive. And they get it. They, they're putting it together. They're moving. Now they've got a chance. They're in plus territory. Green Bay on fourth and one. They eschew the field goal. By the way, I thought it was the right call. Go get your touchdown. Go get the lead if you can, rather than settling for a long field goal. On fourth and one with a top five offense with Aaron Rodgers and the run game that they have in Devontae Adams, give yourself a chance. Matt LaFleur said after the game he didn't love the play call. The Colts doubled Devontae Adams, which is, of course, the right move. Maybe you don't love the personnel Green Bay is in, the heavy personnel look there. Big Bob Tanya not able to get open across the field. And Rodgers has to improvise with Jamal Williams. By the way, the reason Jamal Williams was in the football game is because you want the Colts to think he's going to get the ball. So Jamal Williams, the hammerback, he's in the game to try and get you at least the look of they're going to go for it. Green Bay gives the ball up on downs, but the defense forces a punt. When it mattered late in this game, the defense actually played pretty good situational football, all things considered. They force a punt thanks in part to a slew of penalties. The Colts with some indefensible penalties late in the game, just mauling Packers defensive linemen and a bunch of holding calls kept them out of range, give the ball back to the Packers. For really the first time in the second half, they create some momentum. They get a huge play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a huge play. And this was when you're saying, okay, they are going to punch back. They are going to show the championship medal 
that they're built on right now. They're going to go not get a field goal. They're going to go get a touchdown. They go down the field. They give themselves an opportunity. They only end up getting really one shot at the end zone. Uh, Rodgers had Tanyan on the other side, but they didn't really have time to get there because uh, of the clock situation. Still, they're able to tie the game. Now it's overtime. And in overtime, they get to do what has happened to Aaron Rodgers so many times. They get to, after really not playing well at all in the second half, they get to come out and they win the coin toss. They can go win the football game with a touchdown, end it, and and send Phillip Rivers home without ever touching the ball. Instead, after getting a little breathing room on the first play, the Packers go to a little RPO look. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his first fumble in over 40 career games is the clincher. And so... I don't know if this means Green Bay is not mentally tough because at the end of the game with the game on the line, the defense made the plays that it needed to make and the offense made the plays it needed to make to force overtime. And then you have the fumble. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if I can draw any definitive conclusions. I do know that in the fourth quarter when Green Bay was hemorrhaging a lead and they let the, the Colts score 17 unanswered points. I was going, this is cataclysmic. It is potentially catastrophic. This could ruin the season. Because you lose a game like this after you know you have the lead against the, the Bucks, you blow it. And you have the lead against the Vikings, you blow it. Now you have the lead against this Colts team and you blow it. And when adversity strikes, you can't muster the execution, not just the courage to go make plays, but the execution. It's not just heart that matters. It is focus. It is intensity and it is ultimately outcomes. It's ultimately the execution that matters. And Green Bay was unable to do that at the very, very end. Here's the interesting thing, though. They didn't sound beaten down by this loss. And that is going to bother a lot of people. I get that. They're not going to, they didn't sound pissed off after the game. And Jim Irsay said, you know, he thought this was one of the finest victories that he, that he's been a part of. And, and by the way, he's been on, you know, he, they the Colts have won a Super Bowl in the last 20 years. They've been to AFC Championship games. That's the kind of respect he has for this Packers team. The Packers with four turnovers on the road against the playoff team, a team that's now seven and three, went to overtime. With the ball and a chance to win the game. They didn't play their best. But you know what Aaron Rodgers said after the game? He said this was the first week they practiced and they prepared like a championship football team. And they did go out and they proved they can score on anyone. This is as good a defense as they will face the rest of the way. That includes the playoffs against the Bucks and the Saints. There is not a material difference 
between what the Buccaneers are and what the Colts are. They're both very well coached. They both can rush with four. They have fast flow linebackers and they have a big physical secondary. There, in fact, are a lot of similarities. Now, Matt Eberflus plays more Tampa 2, ironically, than than the Tampa Bay team. Um, That is a vestige of a bygone era in Tampa Bay defense. But the Packers already proved that they can beat the Saints defensively. The Saints, by the way, have been a juggernaut defensively since that game. I'm not saying that I am just like all sunshine and rainbows after this, but the Packers feel better about this game than you do right now, I bet. And the Packers are not down and out about this loss because they know they just went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. They didn't play their best football, but they came up with plays late in the game when they needed them. And, And by the way, they played a really good first half of football. They had a bad third quarter. They actually played a a solid fourth quarter, all things considered. I didn't really have that many chances with the ball. And had a chance at the end of the game to go win. They're still 7-3. and They still have a chance at the one seed. They still have a solid chance to win out, frankly. And and my my bet would be 12-4. and The Bears... Don't look like a very good team. The Lions were a train wreck on Sunday. Who knows what the situation is with the Panthers. Green Bay looks like they can be the number one seed still, given everything that's gone on. And and we don't know when Drew Brees is going to be back. Taysom Hill was able to do some things against a bad Falcons team. Who knows what that means moving forward. An AFC loss is not going to kill the Packers. A close loss is not going to ruin this team's confidence, and they proved it after the game. They're not down right now. Now, does that mean that there's not scar tissue here? Does that mean that there's still not things to be worried about, about the mental toughness of this team? I think we're going to find out a lot when they play the Bears. If they come out and and they, you know, they do to the Bears what they did to the 49ers, or whatever the version of the Bears, because the Bears are a better team than that 49ers team, then you just say, yeah, okay. That that shows a lot about who this team is. It shows a lot about the heart that they have, the fight that they have, and the championship caliber team that they can be. If we take Aaron Rodgers at his word, that they had a very good week of practice, that they're, they're finally putting together habits of a good team, they, they flashed the championship capabilities that they have in this football game. They weren't able to finish it. You have some more chances, a lot of season left to get that stuff ironed out. They can still be, absolutely can still be a championship football team. And if you want to get your body into championship state, you can do it with Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment or hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out 
at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelonfit.com slash NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports, parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Coming up tomorrow on Locked on Packers, it is our Expert Tuesday. We're talking to America's guest, Jason Hershorn, about the future of Mike Patton. And speaking of Mike Patton, I want to talk about the the calls for his job. And there's a, a specific way I want to frame it because I don't, I don't want to just go over, oh, he should be fired, oh, he shouldn't be fired, whatever the, the, that part of it is. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know where I stand on that right now. And it's something that, as I said, we're going to talk to Jason about tomorrow. I think there's a part of this, though, that is not being discussed enough because, you know, there, there's going to be the fan and the media outrage. You know, the Packers give up 34 points to the Colts. They lose the game and, and you know, they blow the double digit lead, et cetera, et cetera. And it's going to be OK. Mike Patton does it again. And And to be sure. There were a lot of very weird coaching decisions made in this football game. And, you know, the Colts rack up 420 yards, 74 plays, almost six yards per play. And you're going, what is what is left to say? What is left to say? On the other hand, four turnovers by Green Bay. Four turnovers and the special teams was bad. Green Bay leads the league in an average time of possession and they were down huge in the second half in time of possession because they went three and out and they turned it over on downs. Plus you get the turnover. Huge, huge plays in the game. Field position played a huge part in all of this and and you can't put your defense in those positions. That's not what I want to talk about, though. A game like this, and and maybe even a season like this, where you have a couple games where things just kind of get out of control, they spiral on you. It can start to eat at the identity of your football team. It can start to eat at the core of who they are as a team. If you If you make a drastic move like this, and you say, this is, th- this needs enormous changes and maybe it does do you undermine your team do you i mentioned scar tissue in the first half and mental toughness is is a question for this team a team that could potentially have some psychological scarring from some of these games where it would be human nature to just sort of say, well, here we go again. And you play a little tighter. And you you, you play with a little less intensity because you're now worried about this kind of stuff. Does making a move codify that scar tissue? Does it, you know, solidify that self-doubt? 
where you say, oh, well, things were so bad. We've we've blown this so thoroughly that we got our coach fired. A coach that is, by the way, well-liked by his players. Is that what needs to happen? And and if it if it does, do you run this risk? Is that risk worth it, especially in the season? Is it worth saying, hey, uh, you guys have been so bad that you got your coach fired? In-season coaching decisions are usually reserved, usually reserved for really bad football teams and, and teams that are way underperforming. You look at Dan Quinn this year in Atlanta. You look at Mike McCarthy a few years ago, and it's usually had coaching moves. Now, there have been times when teams have made these these moves and said, okay, uh, OC, DC, you're out, and this position coach is, is going to step up. In fact, the Ravens won a Super Bowl doing that. They replaced their offensive coordinator. It, it unlocked Joe Flacco a little bit. He went on this hot streak in the playoffs, and they end up winning a, a rather unlikely Super Bowl. Could that happen for the Packers? Yeah, sure it could. And, and can you justify moving on from Mike Patton at season's end? Right now, I'd say yes. There's too much talent on this team. And, and every game, there are these questions. You're just like, what was that? And, and it's becoming even more stark, I think, when the offensive coaching has become so competent. The offensive coaching, whether it's Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, whatever they're putting together here, I thought Matt LaFleur was spectacular in the first half. I didn't think his second half was was even bad. It, they just didn't execute particularly well. Plus, you have the fumble. When you see what that looks like, and you don't have to ask those questions anymore. I mean, with Mike McCarthy at the end there, you're going, what was that? What? I mean, there, there were two or three head-scratching calls every game and and sometimes more and then there was the oh they're not ready to play for this game or oh they blow this game or oh they they blow this major coaching decision or they don't challenge this obvious call here things just really started to add up for mike mccarthy and whether or not you think things are starting to add up for mike Patton or that they've already added up when you look at the Packers offensively week in and week out, they consistently do the right things. They consistently have the right play calls on. They consistently execute at a higher level. And they consistently put their players in the best positions to succeed. The, I mean, when you, when you have a third and 19 and you give up 15 yards to give your opponent fourth and four in a situation where you absolutely have to have a stop, that kind of stuff is really indefensible, no pun intended. And while, you know, they they were playing man coverage on the fourth and four that looked like it was going to seal the game, you know, Jair Alexander on Naheem Hines, you, you actually, I thought they defended that okay, Jair Alexander played hesitant because he thought the pick was going to come. It didn't really, but just the threat of the rub there is what gives them the space to complete that. That's a well-executed play. Still, you'd like to see Jair Alexander at least say, I'm going to fight through this, play a little bit more physically. That's what his brand of football is. It's what I expected him to do. It's what he's been so good, you expect him to make those plays. I mean, that's just the truth. You, he's been so good, you expect him to make those plays, and he didn't. 
And and he gave up some plays on Sunday. Now the Packers, the pass rush, played a lot better. Rashawn Gary, I thought, was excellent in this game. Zadarius Smith had some big plays. Kenny Clark got the best of Quentin Nelson a couple times. You know, Christian Kirksey makes the interception. Darnell Savage played well. There's still breakdowns, but a lot of the breakdowns, you're going, okay, uh, what is that call? Some of it's coverage busts. You know, you have two guys run with, with one guy and they're not supposed to be, but part of that is coaching too. You have to get your players in a position to succeed. And too often, Green Bay's defense has not done that. Now, whether or not a move needs to be made now, move gets made at the end of the year, I don't have a good answer for that. And, you know, if they make a move, I'll say, okay, I think I get it. And if they don't, I think I'll say, okay, I get it. Because I see the I see the pros and cons of both. I just, I think we need to understand that what Matt LaFleur is trying to balance is more than just what he sees on the field. He's he's trying to figure out the psyche of his team. And, and they come out of this game going, hey, we feel good. We feel good. So, okay. Their confidence is high. If you fire Mike Patton after a game that they feel okay about, does that have them all of a sudden starting to look around? Hey, what's what's going on here? We had a good game. We just lost. We had made some bad a couple bad plays here or there and we won the game against a good team. And and worse, could it have people start to to have that self-doubt really start to oh man, are we really are we really underperforming that badly? Are we really I mean, we're 7 and 3. I mean, are, is stuff really is it dire? Is it coach needs to lose his job over? I think those are real questions that that coaches have to think about, that that fans and media don't have to think about. And so it's just something that I wanted to bring up as part of this discussion. As we finish up here, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever with new flavors like caramel brownie and cookies and cream to go along with German chocolate, peanut butter, and a host of other delicious flavors. And when I say delicious, we're talking about the best protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and yet they're low sugar, high fiber, high protein, and low calorie. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and get 20% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find groundbreaking cures, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. 
Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. The Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. All right, it's Bears week. Uh, Packers have a chance to get this gross taste out of their mouth, take on a division rival, and you know probably end their season. I mean, they they get the Bears twice, uh, giving the Bears their their sixth loss with another matchup looming with Green Bay could be more than enough to push them out of the playoff race with teams like Arizona and the Rams. Looking like they could they could easily go ten and six, maybe even eleven and five here down the stretch. As I said, Jason Hershorn on the show tomorrow, Lily Zhao on Wednesday, our crossover Thursday, and a great week to get back on track for the Green Bay Packers. Nothing would make them and and nothing, I think, frankly, would make Packer fans happier than to take out the Chicago Bears to put them out of their misery and to ensure that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are somewhere else in 2021. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the pot. Maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you, you want those guys to get lifetime contracts. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.